Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Nebuchadnezzar Takes Old Jerusalem Captive to Babylon. This shall be focused on a study of 2 Kings chapter 23 and 24. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read the scriptures and we see the sin of Jehoiakim and how Father it ended up, ended up with you, Lord, sending Nebuchadnezzar to bring judgment on them and carry them from Judah and Jerusalem to, to Babylon for captivity. We pray, Father, may that not be our testimony. May we not lose our victory among us that you've given us. May we maintain our victory by staying clear of sin, unbelief. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Kings chapter 23 and 24. Chapter 23 And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord, to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal, and for the grove, and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron, and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. And he put down the idolatrous priests, whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places round about Jerusalem, them also that burned incense unto Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the host of heaven. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem, unto the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites, that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah, and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense, from Geba to Beersheba, and brake down the high places of the gates that were in the entering in of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat of the unleavened bread among their brethren. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the children of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter to pass through the fire to Molech. And he took away the horses that the kings of Judah had given to the son, at the entering in of the house of the Lord, by the chamber of Nathan Melech the chamberlain, which was in the suburbs, and burned the chariots of the sun with fire. And the altars that were on the top of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, 
did the king beat down, and break them down from thence, and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. And the high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had builded for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. And he brake in pieces the images, and cut down the groves, and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, and the high place which Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, had made, both that altar and the high place he brake down, and burned the high place, and stamped it small to powder, and burned the grove. And as Josiah turned himself, he spied the sepulchres that were there in the mount, and sent, and took the bones out of the sepulchres, and burned them upon the altar, and polluted it, according to the word of the Lord which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these words. Then he said, What title is that that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the sepulchre of the man of God, which came from Judah, and proclaimed these things that thou hast done against the altar of Bethel. And he said, Let him alone, let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone, with the bones of the prophet that came out of Samaria, and all the houses also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord to anger, Josiah took away, and did to them according to all the acts that he had done in Bethel. And he slew all the priests of the high places that were there upon the altars, and burned men's bones upon them, and returned to Jerusalem. And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of this covenant. Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah, but in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits, and the wizards, and the images, and the idols, and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, did Josiah put away, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book, that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. Notwithstanding, the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him withal. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city Jerusalem which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In his days Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates. And king Josiah went against him, and he slew him at Megiddo when he had seen him. And his servants carried him in a chariot dead from Megiddo, and brought him to Jerusalem, and buried him in his own sepulchre. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him, and made him king in his father's stead. Jehoahaz was twenty and three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. 
And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. And Pharaoh Necho put him in bands at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem, and put the land to a tribute of an hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim the son of Josiah king in the room of Josiah his father, and turned his name to Jehoiakim, and took Jehoahaz away. And he came to Egypt and died there. And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give the money according to the commandment of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold of the people of the land, of every one according to his taxation, to give it unto Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of Padeah of Rumah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Chapter 24 In his days Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah, to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did and also for the innocent blood that he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers, and Jehoiakim his son reigned in his stead. And the king of Egypt came not again any more out of his land, for the king of Babylon had taken from the river of Egypt unto the river Euphrates all that pertained to the king of Egypt. Jehoiakim was eighteen years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. And his mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants and his princes and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign. And he carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold, which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And he carried away all Jerusalem, and all the princes, and all the mighty men of valor, even ten thousand captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths. None remained, save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon, and the king's mother, and the king's wives, and his officers, and the mighty of the land, those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And all the men of might, even seven thousand, and craftsmen and smiths a thousand, all that was strong and apt for war, even them 
the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, his father's brother, king in his stead, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was twenty and one years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For through the anger of the Lord it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah, until he had cast them out from his presence, that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Beginning and Ending of the Gentile Dispensation. This was preached in 1955 on January the 9th in the evening. We'll begin in paragraph 6 up to paragraph 78. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now, Daniel was one of the, was the prophet that was carried from Jerusalem down into Babylon in the carrying away of Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. He was a young fellow when he went out into Babylon. There was uh, not um, many of them that had still holding out the grand old faith. I like Daniel because <clears throat> his, he had purposed that in his heart when he went down into Babylon that he was going to remain a believer. Amen. And he wasn't going to follow himself with the king's meats and Amen. so forth. Now, the very thing, and Daniel was the prophet to the Gentiles. Daniel saw all the Gentile age rise and fall. He was the first one to be, we call the Gentile prophet. He wasn't a Gentile himself, but he saw the Gentile dispensation from start to finish in the head of gold and ending up in the feet of iron and clay. And while down in there purposing in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself with the king's meats and with the king's affair. And another group of brethren named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was down there with them, which was not prophets, but believers. And they also purposed in their heart. And then when those four <coughs> believers come together, I'd imagine quite oftenly they had prayer meetings together. Amen. Just like we do, we get together because we have things in common. You know, there's an old slogan that says, birds of a feather flock together. And that's uh, an old proverb, rather. And that's a pretty good thing, too. Birds of a feather flock together. Aren't you happy for that? Sure. Birds of a feather flock together. Not long ago, I was sitting in a meeting where there was a man discussing something. And he said, well, he's talking about the souls that went to prison. It was in prison that Jesus went and preached to after his death. And this man that was speaking said, well, what do you think about it? And a colored brother raised up. He said, well, that's just what the Bible said. He went and preached to souls that were in prison. So what do you think it was? That it was souls that didn't repent. And the long suffering of the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, just like the Bible said. He said, no. He said, that's this church preaching to those Pentecostal people that's in these denominations and everything, bring them out of prison. He said, now nah, look here, brother. <laughs> he said, Pentecost wasn't even mentioned there. He said that he just said that he went and preached to the souls that were in prison. So I said, amen. That's right. 
And the minister looked around at me and said, birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> I said, that's right. Brothers of like precious faith, believing just what the scripture says is the truth. Daniel had three of those companions that were with him. You know, it's good when you're away from home to find somebody that's with you. Somebody that will stand by you. A real good friend. Oh my, in foreign lands, when you find someone who wants to be your buddy and loves you and stands by you, that's worth so much. Especially a stranger. And these brethren were taken away from their city and their city was burned and all their vessels and the holy things of God had been taken down into Babylon and was put into the treasure house of King Nebuchadnezzar who had carried out a great great Gentile king. Now, if, if God has permitted that for their city to be burned, their church burned, and taken them down into the city, it was because that they'd got away from God. But he still had a believer that he could put his hands on and say, this is my servant. God has always had a witness somewhere. He never leaves himself without a witness. No matter if it's got down sometimes to just one, but he's always had somebody that he could put his hands on and say, this is my servant. And he'll do as I tell him. Now, we like that. Noticing then that when these brethren were down there, they were put to a test. Very beautiful example of what a true believer comes to when he really accepts the Lord Jesus as his Savior. He's always put to a test. Satan still in the testing business. And it only comes about to help you. It's for your good. Every son that cometh to God must be tried, chastened, scourged. And in other words, give a little thrashing, straighten it up. And if God gives us some chastisement and we can't stand it, then we become illegitimate children and not the children of God. Now a man that's really got his face set towards heaven... No matter what takes place here on earth, he's still got his face set towards heaven. His friends may forsake him. His family may forsake him. His pastor may forsake him. But there's one that won't forsake him. That's God. And when your mind is made up, I like that. Daniel had burned all the bridges behind him. He wasn't planning on going back anymore. He wasn't watching his back trail. He was looking... Forsaking those things which are in the past, he pressed on to the mark of the high calling. Amen. That's what we should be doing. That's what the church should be doing. And as I noticed then, God permitted Satan to give him the test. And all they tested him by the fire. They tested him also by the lion's den. And in every instant, God brought him out more than victorious. Many are the testing of the righteous but God delivered them out of them all Amen. how marvelous that is how we appreciate that trials tribulations tests all working for the good Amen. after a while God can see that and he can put his trust in you and then he'll do great things for you now we find out then that Daniel became an instrument in the hand of God, while he was away from his own people, out of his own city, away from his own church, in a strange land, God used him. Now you can 
be away from whatever you may be. You can be away from all your loved ones or you can be away from your church, but you can still be an instrument in the hands of God. God can use you for a testimony or for anything that he wishes to use you for. Beautiful examples. The Bible is just so chugged full of those things. Everywhere you turn. Don't you love to read the word? Oh, I just read it sometime. Weep. Here a few days ago, I was reading in the room there, and I just had to sit down and cry like a baby. I got up and walked around my chair, put my hand on my chair, looked down my Bible again, and I just broke out, went around the chair again, looked back at it again, I thought, oh God, in there is eternal life Amen. to every man or woman that will dare to put their trust in it and believe it. Eternal life. And he said, search the scriptures for... In them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Yes. Search the scripture. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet, that we, sh we should be guided then. It's the light that follows the pathway that leads us from victory unto victory. Amen. Now, before you can have a victory, there has to be a battle. And if there's no battles, there's no victories. So we are to be thankful for the battles and the tryings. It's God giving us the opportunity to have victories. Amen. Oh my, don't that make it a little bit better now? See, the battle come along, somebody saying something bad about you. Sickness come on to you. Maybe God give you those light afflictions that he might heal you and show his favor to you. Let you see what he means by it. He loves you. Amen. The old shepherd story that was told there in Jerusalem in the holy lands of the shepherd was packing a, a sheep. And he said, what you packing it for? He said, it's got a broken leg. He said, how to do that fall over a cliff? He said, no, I broke its leg. He said, well, you're a cruel shepherd to break that sheep's leg. He said, no, I loved it. And said it was going astray and I couldn't make it mine. me, so I broke its leg so I could give it some extra tension so then it would love me and follow me. Sometimes God has to let us break down just a little bit in hell to give us a little extra tension, to get us up on his lap, to woo us up in his bosom. When the doctor said nothing can be done, then he'd take us into his bosom. Say, see, I love you. I'm going to let you get well. Oh, doesn't that just make life a little better? Oh, he's so great. He's a marvelous shepherd, isn't he? No wonder David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want how he leads us for the side of the still waters and restores our soul and runs our cups over and, and anoints us in the presence of the enemy. Did you ever get anointed in the presence of your enemy? Just to testify to your cup just borrowed over, you know, just how marvelous it is to be anointed in the presence of your enemy. Now, notice then God took King Nebuchadnezzar and made him a tool in his hand. And when King Nebuchadnezzar died, after he had the grass grew out, his hair like lion, or like eagle's feathers, and his fingernails like the claws of the eagle, and so forth, and God had to let him know who was the real king. After his death, Belteshazzar, his grandson, succeeded him. And then he was more wicked than King Nebuchadnezzar. And one night there they had a great big party. They called all their, 
their magistrates and all the officers in for a great big jamboree. And while they were having this jamboree, and they were, went and called out and took the vessels, the holy vessels of God, just to make fun of God and drank wine to their gods, a toast out of the vessels of the Lord. Now, a man is permitted to travel so far, but there's a separating line between life and death. You must never cross that. You can go on with your little foolishness for a while, but you better know where the line is. Did the Lord ever check you on anything? He does all of us pull the check reins and it's far enough now. Then you better watch what you're doing from then on. If you're stepping across towards that line. And that night when God pulled the check reins on him and he wouldn't listen. Goes on down and brings out the vessels of the Lord. Begin to drink wine and toast to their gods. Then there came a hand down out of heaven and wrote on the wall. Teeny, teeny, tekla, parisha. Means our weight in the balance and found wanting. No one could interpret it. It was unknown tongues. And there was a man there who had the gift of interpretation. Daniel. So he comes down and interprets and tells the king what would happen. And there God destroyed that nation. Amen. Babylon. While Daniel being there, he saw great visions. And wrote concerning them for this great consolation that we have today, knowing and setting in order the end of the Gentile kingdom. Amen. Notice how perfect. Just get it close now. He's seen first the image standing in the field. When he interpreted the dream of the king, he was a spiritual man. He dreamed dreams, saw visions, interpret dreams. God was with him. And everyone knew that too. And when he saw the vision, the head of gold and the breast here of silver and the thighs of brass and the feet of iron. Notice each kingdom got a little harder. King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was the head of gold. He interpreted, told him just exactly how those kingdoms would succeed each other unto the end. Then, notice... From gold is the softest. Silver is next. Then brass is next. Then iron is next. Harder, harder, colder, farther away. Notice. Then, in the midst of all that, Daniel beheld the image until a stone would shoot out of the mountain. That was cut out without hands. It rolled into the image and broke it and made it like wheat on the summer flesh, threshing floor. And the winds drive away. And the stone grew into a great mountain that covered all the earth. And the sea. That was the coming of the Lord Jesus. Which is now at hand. Amen. He goes on. When he was down by the river one day. He fell into a trance and saw a vision. Many of those who were with him. They didn't see the vision. For it was given only to Daniel. You see it? Someone can stand right next to you and see things that you can't see to save your life. Amen. Right? Someone said, I don't believe that. I never see nothing. Because it wasn't for you to see it. Amen. Then it went with Paul. 
When Paul was struck off of his horse and had to fall onto the dirt and water as it was on the dirt, none of them heard that voice or seen that vision. Paul saw it. None of them saw the star of the cross, the ever observatory, but the wise man. Many things that way God has designated for certain peoples to see and others cannot see. Amen. Oh, I love that. When God in his infant wisdom has predestinated or foreordained for certain things to happen, it can happen to the person sitting right next to you and you'll know nothing about it. Amen. Look at Dothan. When Elijah was down at Dothan and they were all surrounded there by the, by the aliens that come in, the Syrian army, looking for Elijah, the prophet. For when they begin to find out every time the Syrians had come over to Israel to make war, while the Israelites would be laying an ambush for them. And so the king of Syria called them up and said, Now wait a minute. Who is for us and who's for Israel? Said somebody in my group is a spy that's going to tell Israel just where we're coming in at. For they're always there waiting for us. And one man had a little spirituality about him. He said, Nay, my father, but it's the prophet Elijah. Amen. For he knows in his bedroom what you're going to make your move next. Amen. Amen. Oh, when atomic powers begin to shake, I'm so happy that the word of God has tell us where to go to. Amen. Flee to the rock, Christ Jesus. Every man in it is safe and secured. Nothing can harm you. No atomic bombs, no cobalts, nothing else can touch the preserved of God. Amen. Safe, secure, anchored. What a marvelous hope Amen. that we have in Christ Jesus. Notice, there was a man with him, his servant, spiritual boy, walked and poured water on the hands of the prophet. A great position he had. But when he seen the the Syrian army all around Dothan had it all backed up. He said, my father, look out there. What a great number while we're surrounded. Now that's the natural. Whenever things seems to go wrong, pointing the finger at you, saying this and that. And the doctor says you can't get well and so forth. That's just the natural thing. You think, oh my, this is the end. But Elijah said, there's more with us than there is with them. Amen. Now you can imagine how that prophet or that uh, Gehazaphel, the servant, he looked over at him and said, well, I don't see nobody. He said, God opened this boy's eyes. Amen. And as soon as God did something, Amen. here it is. Yet when God opened his spiritual sight. Amen. All around that a prophet stood chariots of fire and angels of fire. Why he seen the why the chariots of fire outnumbered that Syrian army by the thousands. The mountains was on fire. Angels of fire, horses of fire, chariots of fire. And the Bible said the angels of God encamp without those who fear him. Just the same tonight. I wonder what would happen if a man here tonight had the power to strike across your eyes and say, look, standing around this tabernacle tonight. 
you'll be a member here the rest of your life. Sure. Yes, sir. Sometimes you can't see with your natural eyes, but you can feel the impulse of it. Something near. A sixth sense that denotes something is near. Watching this morning, opening up the deaf ears, making the polio cripples walk around here like there was nothing wrong with them. What is it? It's the incense, I mean the sense, the sixth sense. It's conscious, the spirit, that something is near. Have faith in God. Now, they didn't, he didn't see that first, but Elijah probably didn't see it. But he asked for the boy's eyes to see it. But Elisha was conscious that they were there. Amen. 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 Thomas one time said, let me put my hands in his side. Jesus said, now you see and believe. How much greater is their reward who has never yet seen and yet believed. Amen. That's us tonight. Amen. And whosoever will believe without seeing. And notice, then Elijah walked out there to where this circumstance was. And he said to them, First he went out there and the Bible said he smote them blind. Blind. And walked right out to him. Everyone had perfect eyesight as far as I know. But the scripture said they were blind. Amen. A little fellow a few nights ago said to me, if you be a man of God, smite me blind. And I said, you're already blind. Amen. Already blind. Notice. And he walked out there to where this great circumstance was. This great thing was. And he said, do you look for Elijah? Said, yes. Said, come on, follow me. I'll take you right to him. Elijah said it to them. Amen. What was he blind about? They were blind to the fact that that was the prophet of God. Amen. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, no doubt as we live towards the closing days of the Gentile dispensation and we see judgment, Lord, laying in the balance for the Gentiles who have refused mercy and to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and get sealed by the Holy Ghost. Father, we recognize even in the book of Kings, Lord, as Jehoiakim was being taken away with all Jerusalem to Babylon for captivity, Lord, we recognize that finally you are bringing your judgment which you had spoken of by your prophets and you sent us a prophet in our age to speak and forewarn of this coming judgment. Lord, may you help us through your Holy Spirit to escape this fate. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. In such a time like this, such a time like this.
such a time like this, such a time.